This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. So today on Vulnerable, I am so grateful that I have Rebecca Black joining me in studio uh, she is well known for the 2011 hit Friday, surviving meme culture, but then reemerging as an amazing adult recording artist. So we chat about her evolution and her mindset, her familial support, what has got her through all these years, and just her joy and love of music and where she's at now. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Vulnerable. Hi. Hi. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm awake now. I got to get that out of the way. A little, little praise. That's um, so sweet. Man, I was listening to your music, um, getting ready for today. I've been listening to your music. You've been on my radar for a long time. Thank you. And this is kind of really, and I, I actually have a bunch of folks that asked me questions for you later on, mm. if you want. It's sure. like a new thing. I was like, what if I just tell people who's going to be sure. on the pod and- and everybody wanted to chat with you. So sweet, like, <laughs> sweet. I love that. How does that feel to know, I guess, that like, you know, obviously transition and growth and evolution, like that's all themes that I think you and I can connect on in mm -hmm. some unique ways. But like, how does it feel to know that you're still the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Never felt like it a day in my life. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I'm really, I've talked a lot about my relationship with therapy and my relationship with working on myself. And it's interesting, like I, I'm 26 now. Um, and even though that's so young, like it really feels like a long 26 years. I think being that like I entered this industry half my life ago mm -hmm. warps my context of how old I am. Um, <laughs> Can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm uh, 80. I'm 80. Yeah, and I also feel 80. I really do. Um, oh, I thought I of felt this older. new term, by the way. Uh, pickled. What is that? I feel like I was thinking about it today and I was like, you know, Gen Z gets a bad rap, but like there's so much shit that they go through and it's almost like their insides are pickled, like their heart mm. is pickled because there's like mm. so many things that they have to deal with, but yet they still have their like passions and their love mm -hmm. of like 
I mean, many things, fashion and food and like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's, y'all are a little pickled because of the world <laughs> burning down around you. <laughs> I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely felt the world burning down around me for a long time. And it, and it, it, it feels like it is, you know, for all of us, but, um, I don't, I don't know if I've ever felt cool or like the shit literally ever. Um, in fact, I felt like the opposite, but, uh, I think that, I think that that, when I look at people around me who I think are the shit, like I have begun to learn they feel the same way. Um, I think it, yeah, breeds like individuality and also like isolation, which a lot of time breeds like the coolest people. So I don't feel cool, but I'm 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 so honored that you think so. <laughs> I do, I really do, and um, it's that imposter syndrome, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you've ever experienced that? Yes, <laughs> yes. I know the answer. Imposter job. I yeah. I I mean, I, how how could any of us not at this point where we are? Especially, I don't know if this is a my generational thing. I feel like millennials have definitely become into this. But then I look at my mom on Facebook and shit like that. Like I think mm-hmm. we're all here. Like we're all constantly performing as ourselves online, whether or not we do it for a living. Um, so yeah. How do you think your mom performs online though? I'm curious because my mom is definitely <laughs> like it is interesting to see how older generations interact with social media. Yeah. Like my mom started dating somebody online. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And um, but then the way that they utilize social media is very much like to not be isolated because the older you get, the lonelier you get too. I mean, mm-hmm. your world, your time becomes so much shorter. Mm-hmm. You're acutely aware of that. Mm-hmm. And then your community gets, you know, people start to pass away mm-hmm. and um and and really all they have is Facebook. So mm-hmm. Some of the oldest people I know are the most addicted to their phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, it's something I would love to talk to my mom more about. My dad is, like, fully offline. He's yeah. always been. Um, he, like, types like this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but my mom, I mean, I think it's been such a beautiful tool for her because my mom's an immigrant. So mm-hmm. most of her community is still in Mexico City. Um, she's lived in California and in the States for, like, you know, at least 30 years. But mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge communication tool. But I think in that generation, what I notice, not just from her, but when I see like, I have my teachers on Facebook, I have like, I see them all. Um, they're all like, look at how good, look at how good everyone, things are good. <laughs> I'm good. Look at this. I think there's a lot of like outward praise that they do to the people that they love on there, which I think is actually really cool. Like my mom loves to just like, I mean, she loves my brother and I very much. So she's always talking about that. She's praising her cousins. She's praising her family, the Mm. people she works with, her profession. Like she's very into, I think, because she's adapted to this later in life, like the the kind of like identity things that I feel like when I first got on the internet in middle school, like I was like, I'm a Justin Bieber fan. I'm this, I'm this. And I felt very called to I guess be like here's here's what makes me me here's what I like um I think she's in that moment interesting yeah it's like full circle it's like regressing yeah I guess yeah I it's just it's it's 
I guess they're just coming to it at a later point. Interesting. You know, there's that, I forget what that scale is where you've got like the people who come to it earlier. Mm. Then you've got the people who are on the back. There's a name for it. Speaking of coming to things earlier, you have, you know, over a million and a half, right? It's probably more than that today on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like I came to social media a lot later than say, you know, the Ashley Tisdales and the folks that really like blew up Twitter um, Mm. when Disney Channel was like the high school musical era. And like, I feel like that was much your era as well when you first jumped onto the scene, blew up the scene, I should say. Mm. Um, But like, I guess uh, you are a girl from Irvine, California. True. I've lived there. I know it well. (laughs) Your, um, here's a little tea, guys. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, Rebecca's dad and mom are both veterinarians, but her dad specifically was the vet of a dog who has since passed, but it was not his, it was not his fault. (laughs) He was the hero of that story for sure. And and so he was the vet of my husband's childhood dog. Crazy. Calvin. Crazy. Not surprising. As soon as you said you were like living in Orange County or your husband was from there, like... That was the story of my life growing up is the vet's daughter. The vet's daughter. See, I find this so ironic (laughs) because everyone knows you from all the things that you've done. Mm -hmm. And and here you are in your mind like, I'm just the vet's daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. I actually just last week I got dinner with a couple um, friends I went to elementary school with in in Orange County. And um, that came up for the first time in so long. And I had kind of forgotten about that point in my life but um okay so what would you rather be known as <laughs> this is kind of a tricky question oh uh, the vet's daughter <laughs> or the yeah. meme culture side of your career the vet's daughter the vet's daughter <laughs> I mean probably because that was a long time ago I have a much more well they were all a long time ago but uh yeah time, yeah. time fucks with you like that by the way yeah yeah but uh <laughs> the vet's daughter I feel like I I have more, it's not really about me, you know, <laughs> uh, which is, which is great. And also I love to be like the vet by proxy for mm. my friends, which is also like dangerous probably that <laughs> I like to give veterinary advice because I'm not licensed at all. Um, Do you like animals? Love them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My whole family is in the like vet industry now. My brother's in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, your brother's yeah. 26 months older or younger? Younger. Younger. Yeah. Cuz yeah. that's the same split that my girls have and I was like, so are you guys friends? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't for a while. But uh but we're we're good now. We're yeah. Good now. But- and you said that you guys like sort of connected around you know, 2011 exploding mm-hmm. exploding on the scene and all that. Yeah. I think it's so interesting when siblings can bond together over something and at like mm-hmm. what point in their lives they mm-hmm. can do that and also too it's sad when they don't talk. I don't speak to like two of my sisters. So it's like fascinating to me with having kids. It's like, how do you help set them up to actually be friends? You know, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. would you say your relationship has been like since, you know, you were sort of going through that whole phase and the ups and the downs of that? Mm -hmm. Was he like an actual support system for you or? I mean, we were still so young. Yeah. So yeah, he was the, like 12. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, less. maybe even younger. And uh, we, I mean, the way I would define support system now obviously is so different, but I think for our age, um, he, 
was like a silent supporter. I mean, I think about that so much now that I'm a bit older and I look back to what that time was like for him because obviously it that couple years in my family became so me-centered. It was how do we fix what's happening with Rebecca? And Oof. he got dragged just because he was too young to stay home alone because my family couldn't, you know, afford childcare, whatever it would be. Um, he spent a lot of time in my world and I we've probably never even really talked about this, but my mom and I have talked about it a lot um, of just how that must have been like for him and, you know, how it's become really important to me to, you know, understand celebrating him, which it, it you know, comes naturally. But at the same time, I think it's, there's a lot of time I feel like I owe him. Um, and so I'm grateful now that we're both in our 20s, we're both kind of starting to really become ourselves. Uh, that like we get to actually just spend time on our own together. And I love him. Like I think he's turning into such a cool person. Um, but yeah, I mean, before that, before we really had a connection, like our entire childhood was my mom like screaming on the floor, <laughs> like, why don't you guys get along? This yep. never, because I think with her brother, like that never was the case. Yeah. They were very together. Simpatico. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my girls are in that place too. That's, that's why good. I guess I, this yeah. is what this line of questioning yes. has yes. brought us to, yes. but also the beauty of you guys coming together and having that sort of support over the years too, because what I find with the siblings of, celebrities or famous people like the the siblings are sort of the silent experiencers of mm -hmm. it like mm -hmm. there's so much that they must be dealing with exactly and no one's quantified that no one's researched that no mm -hmm. one's thought of that like you said mm -hmm. when it's so you centric mm -hmm. um that yeah you you also in time end up being like wow i owe them a lot mm -hmm. uh, for just having to share that mm -hmm. same experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah. so it's it is really nice to to, to honor them, I guess, um, in yeah. the way that you can, I guess. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm, I'm a really big fan of your current music. Thank you. I am. I really, really am. I remember when you in, so it was 2021, though, that you had a whole, like, I, I, you're saying that uh, the current album is a debut album, but you had music yes. come out in 2021? Uh, yeah, this was the first album. I've mm -hmm. had a couple projects and EPs, but Got it. never something that was treated as, as like a proper LP. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that I've started seeing just the imagery coming out mm -hmm. and I started putting two together. I'm like, wow, this is Rebecca Black. She's obviously coming back into everyone's hearts and minds, but then the music itself is good. Mm, thank you. Cause if you don't have good music, it's. Oh, yeah. And we knew that. <laughs> it's kind of a hogwash. Yeah. I mean, I kind of started over in 2021. Um, I would definitely consider that pandemic period where I had a lot of time away into myself and being kind of just like actually really quiet um, as a really transformative time for me. I think I was stuck in like big, big loops of just like pointless <laughs> advice <laughs> It's what I think I look back on it as. I hope that's not too mean, but um, having my 
start as untraditional as it was um, and as kind of messy and rocky and obviously like loaded as it as it was at the time, I was surrounded by so many interesting people <laughs> who had so many interesting things to say about sure. me <laughs> and <laughs> advice to give me. And What's the craziest advice you ever got? from like a record producer or like something uh i mean there's just been a lot of straight up like bad and and honestly like inappropriate Uh advice i i I, something comes to mind there was a dude that was a big um manager like Mm -hmm. a pop star manager dude because i was signed Mm -hmm. to atlantic for a hot second and then jason that jason (laughs) uh, it was a very different time but (laughs) i remember him saying um and this was i was 15 at the time and then but this was so this was before being signed but I come in with my mom and we were very like still much, very much in Disney. And he was like, you know what I would do to your daughter? <laughs> if I managed her, I'd slick her hair back. I'd make her wear dark leather outfits. Like I'm like thinking Matrix style. <laughs> and he's like, and I would have her just like grinding and just doing totally like different things that just completely opposite of what everybody thinks and knows her as. Okay. That was a long, long time ago, and and I it, and I just remember being so shocked and appalled that that was my only, you know, that this was this guy's. I was convinced that his strategy had to mean something. Of course, you are because you are positioned. This hap- I'm, I'm sure this happens everywhere, not just in our industry, but I guess this is like a very like child focused industry. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's insane to. I there's so much in that and I let's re- do I, it. I relate so much to that but um good I'm glad first of all like as a, when you're a child in this industry you are bred and told and positioned to know that you are the least capable and least uh knowledgeable person in the room like that's just how everyone treats you is as a child but at the same time they have expecta- expectations of you to be an adult so well, they have to make money off you. Exactly. <laughs> they have to make adult exactly. money off child laborers. <laughs> exactly. And the idea of fashioning a child to be marketable and sellable and already introducing like sexiness in a way that is not like the child forming their own self-expression or like autonomy. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's gross. Do that's, you I'm see so that it's different that. now? Because I feel like a lot of the kids that are on, I mean, it's tough because we live in a capitalistic hellhole yeah. and like everybody kind of ends up hopping on trends. So like young girls are like running to Sephora and, you know, they're like 12 years old and they're buying skincare, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it's like, you can see that everyone kind of conforms. And so even when you have a kid that's come off Disney Channel or is, you know, trying to go viral so that their their song and this is the irony, by the way, I wanted to mention about the virality, mm-hmm. is that like you experienced some of the most viral m- like m- musical moment mm-hmm. in history of social media mm-hmm. and just how meaningful that is where now people like Doja Cat and like everyone is being pressed into trying to get that, that magic that you had. And it's like, it's very hard for them to like get that. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a roundabout way of saying how how do kids do it now but do it in a way that doesn't rob them of their autonomy? 
Totally. I wish I knew the answer yeah. to the question. I mean, I think I watch my – I have an eight-year-old sister who's about to be nine, and she is full of answers is what I just see in her all the time. And full it, – it's so – I feel so lucky to have, like, a relationship with someone who is – going through the motions as I did, you know, 10, it was more than that now, like 13 years ago, uh, probably 15 years ago. It was when I was, I don't know. We don't need to math do math. Was. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we get what I'm trying to say. Um, watch her start to learn and adapt to the world around her because I've watched her be in like child bubble mm. for a long time. Mm. And now she's like, this was the first year that she feels close and feels uh, resonated with like teenagehood and mm. feels resonated with makeup in a way that's not play. It's like beauty. Mm. Um, oh my God. That's a year away for me. <laughs> oh my God. It's yeah. It's, does it's she have a phone? She has a phone. Wow. She has TikTok. Oh my God. She has it all. Terrifying. She has it, all. it is terrifying. <laughs> and you know, her, her dad is my dad. Yeah. And like, there was a lot that, I had to learn through my dad. My dad's a little bit older, so mm -hmm. he is just like, again, he is like this. But he he is definitely learning more with her. Okay. But at the same time, um, I just, I, I think back to the time alone that I spent in my room, online, on my phone, on, you know, Twitter in its early days mm. and starting to learn, I guess, not just about like, this is what I think is interesting because I think it's interesting, but here is what other people think are interesting. Here's mm -hmm. what people like about other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think with kids and this general population of like young people learning about virality and trying to have their own experiences, like you are, I guess we're in an, we're in an interesting moment where right now it feels like the way to have those moments is to perfect a version of something that's already out there. Like mm. it's so much of, do you have this thing? Do you have this interest that we already have? Do you fit into this like mold the best is what I see so much. And that's, I just am curious to watch how that continues to shape people um, and shape this generation because I'm sure that existed in mine too. But now it feels like stronger than ever. It feels like know? the stakes are higher for mm -hmm. sure. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because because it's not even like it's being introduced earlier. The stakes must be higher, I think, too. When I when I got started and my virality was like not intentional <laughs> uh, <laughs> at all. And I, a lot of people don't know that. I've talked about that. But now there is something to gain from it. Like mm -hmm. I think back and even in my time of 2011 when when that happened um it was like the most that you could get with virality was like people know <laughs> people talk about it but there was not really like monetary I was benefits. Gonna say, was it monetized uh it became monetized but it was at the very early stages mm. where it wasn't like okay if you become viral now you have a career as an influencer and now you have a you know, I think it's really wild to watch it. Um, and again, I'm a year away from that, which is just so terrifying. I haven't even thought of with your eldest. Yeah, you yeah. know, and a lot of a lot of people will always ask me like, "Hey, Christy, you want to put your kids in the business?" And then mine's like, "My, I, it's an absolutely no. Yeah, like an absolutely <laughs> no. Thank you. Yeah, 
next question. It's a hard stop, and it becomes a harder and harder stop for mm-hmm. me um, as the years go by because there's just, just such a big world out there. And I think like it, having a you uh, a genuine relationship to arts, mm-hmm. singing, performing crafting your sound like mm-hmm. the one you have now is like so amazing. Mm-hmm. But hey, I, I just want to say like what you did back then was still pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I know you. it's, it's uh, you've probably suffered at the hands of so many trolls and bots and haters. And it, it just sucks because I'm only just now dealing with some of that and realizing the, the, the lunacy of it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and you were 1.0 grassroots haterville. Like that mm-hmm. shit's just, you did something really special and wholesome and awesome. And I just, I don't know if you get told that enough that, that that it was a really a really unique and special time in all of our lives as Thank as you. as users of the internet, you know. <laughs> Thank you. So you're saying it wasn't intentional. What was yeah. it? I mean, I was a Orange County literally like a I, vet's daughter. A vet's daughter <laughs> in middle school with I knew that I had passion for music and performing and arts and I spent all my time doing that and mm-hmm. I just I had an opportunity to record a song and do a video, and I've told that story a million times. But You don't have um, to. <laughs> but it was really just something, like, to do. It was something on my resume. Yeah. And it was something that, for me, I was so focused on becoming better, mm-hmm. and I was so focused on gaining experience because I. it wasn't like I was, like, I'm ready to be a pop star. Put yeah. me out there in front of the lights like I I mean pop star was wasn't even really something that like I looked to Mm. at that point Mm. I mean I was so my big passion was like I would love to get into Tish I would love to get into like a you know a performing arts school OSHA was around right did you ever think of OSHA oh I thought of OSHA I did the camps I did (laughs) I wanted to go to OSHA so bad but actually my parents um, I went to a really small uh, elementary school, like mm-hmm. a private elementary school, mm-hmm. and that was a really intense experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, you know, people that I love and have friendships from there, but at the same time, it was just, it was really abnormal, I guess. Okay. Um, just was there it, bullying? I, there was everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and so uh, my parents made that decision. This was like probably before anything had even gone down of just like you need to go to public school like we need to get you into the world because it's sheltered here it's intense that actually happened to me as well like I I can see the very the palpable difference from my daughter in a public elementary school yeah versus the very small bubble and sometimes there's clicks sometimes there's just a lot of sometimes the teachers are like unlicensed like it's crazy what's going on in there um but yeah, so I I went to just like a public high, a public middle school mm-hmm. and I begged them to I actually have like the memory of being on the couch like begging my mom to get to go to OSHA yeah. um which is the you know the big art school in Orange County mm-hmm. and um and yeah they were just like no. They're like I wonder why. I mean my parents my parents have always been so supportive. My mom in particular has always been so supportive. Of and your, my your dad's a little older always, so he's just kind of been... My parents have their priorities and their hopes and dreams for their kids as much as any parent does, uh-huh. you know? And uh, and 
I think at that point, this was again like pre anything that had gone down with my world. Like they just were so hopeful for me to have like the best experience that would turn me out the best academically, uh, socially, uh, you know, which I'm sure I will experience one day with with parenthood. And um, (laughs) you will, yeah, I, I don't think that they realize like how much I my passion was important to me. Mm. And at the same time, like, I'm I'm grateful I, you know, had the experience I did in school. Were they scared uh, once once all that stuff started happening? I mean, how did they oh, feel about yeah. it? yeah. Okay. So scared. I mean, they were so inexperienced and had no mm. knowledge of what was the right thing to do, which I guess I've never really, like, put two and two together. Like, I had parents who my whole life was, like, animals and my parents being knowledgeable about health and medicine and you know science and and knowing one world so well um still even now that's like all they talk about (laughs) (laughs) they should meet my daughter which they should but um but they they knew nothing so they were so at a loss of like what to do Mm -hmm. um with me and what to do with the situation so they had to seek outside help of like people in the industry who could help manage agents. I mean, I don't even think I knew what a manager really was. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild. But yeah, they were so scared. And when I told them I wanted to do it for a living, they were like, you're not well. <laughs> <laughs> Between 2011 and 2021, I just want to like sort of connect those dots. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what were you What were you up to? And then yeah. you've come out. Mm-hmm. So now you're a queer artist and yeah. making these amazing like fiery sexy beats that are just like it's i love i love your music i love your album thank you i will be continually it'll be on my short list for a long long time thank you i love them being but now i don't know they're so sexy sexy like i'm telling you fiery sexy because i'm like wait a minute i can't now i know you i don't know if i can listen to the sexy (laughs) like she's she's there she's there she's there um yeah i i mean a big chunk of that time was growing up and uh I went I went to high school I finished I mean that was kind of the promise I made with my family was like just get through and then I you know dropped the ball that I was not gonna go to college I was gonna go do what I wanted to do it didn't die in you that passion no I mean if anything it 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 got okay I was just listening to a podcast with Gypsy Rose Blanchard oh my god was it the Vial Files Mike, I was literally Nick listening Kyle. to it. So good. He's I love really that podcast. Good. So he's a good interviewer. He is a good interviewer. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> um, but I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but it really did like resonate with me yesterday. Uh, she talked about, and her story is so different from mine. So please, anyone listening, yeah. don't, don't roast me for that. Um, but she just talked about the the desire to to tell your own story in your own in your own way and just yourself verbatim. And I think that was something that I really felt after my experience, because even though I was like in the industry and, you know, being moved around, like it was never, I never walked into a room. I never walked into an interview. I never, I never knew or learned how to trust myself with any decision like I only trusted everyone else around me because not only was I in an industry that made me do that the world itself was like you did that wrong like go away (laughs) stop 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 yeah it's not for you Mm -hmm. so as a child 
I just never learned how to develop trust in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that really stunted me in in a lot of ways and is something I still work through now. But um, takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) the the desire to do that was definitely there. And also just as I started to grow into like adolescent version of me, music became the thing that really changed my life and saved my life in a lot of ways. And that was something that I knew I had to dive into myself without Mm -hmm. other opinions. Um, So when I, when I graduated high school, I moved up and I just started writing and I wrote a lot of bad songs, Mm -hmm. like a lot, years of bad songs. Like privately, essentially. Privately. And, and also like I went into my first sessions, my first songwriting sessions, I, you know, started kind of learning how to speak. And like in those first couple of years of doing songwriting sessions, like I literally could not speak in the room. Mm -hmm. Like I was terrified of being there. And I'm sure so many people left being like, this bitch is weird. Aww. <laughs> which is, which is, you know. Fuck them. I, I mean, it. I was so at the beginning yeah. of my they world. They knew that, though. They had to know that, no? Maybe, maybe. Okay. But it, it's also, you know, I, I had to go through that in order to really learn the repetition and also learn that, like, if I'm ever going to do this in a way that is meaningful and good i have to trust that i have something to say which is like artist 101 (laughs) i love that i love that so much i um i had gone through a similar thing people was like christy why do you always bring shit about you it's a fucking conversation i'm gonna talk to rebecca (laughs) no i love it i I got put in a lot of really privileged rooms i was in a room with the matrix um i was in a writing session with cara diaguardi um i think one of the guys from modest mouse at Mm. one point like I got thrown in a lot of different rooms mm-hmm. at a time at which I did not have shit to say. Right. Like you cannot get blood from a stone. <laughs> I really wanted to be Cheryl Crow. This is the time when like- Love that. The world doesn't need Ashley that. Ashley Simpson, Hillary Duff. That. And I was like, yeah. I want to be Cheryl Crow. And like nobody gave a shit about Cheryl Crow. <laughs> like, <laughs> and um, it was that or musical theater and like neither of those things were going to happen, right? So it's just- <sighs> The world missed a chance. <laughs> They did. I don't know. I would love to hear it. Oh, okay. But no, I I, I was kind of curious about when you were talking. There's two things that stood out. One, there's I love you so much, and there's just so much of your story that 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 really I can relate to, and I'm just so proud of that you've gotten through with with such charm and grace. And um, I guess one that's on my mind is that earlier before you said, you know, my my parents said that they needed to fix the thing that was happening to mm-hmm. me, and it's really interesting that you use that that word so I mean like do you think it was now with all these years of therapy it sounds like which mm-hmm. is amazing because I'm back in therapy me too oh we got it love, love it so much <laughs> she actually good. told me I have to work on having my own voice as well so oh, don't we all can relate love that uh yeah I mean do you feel like it was a mistake like what happened Ooh. in 2011 um, no, no. I mean, there have definitely been points in my life where I would have answered like, yes, a million times. Yes. Okay. Um, but I now I'm at the point where I have enough hindsight behind me to know kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like I, I connect with the part of myself who was driven to make that decision, mm-hmm. which was just a girl who had an opportunity to try something and explore and create. 
Um, and she's a pretty brave girl. Yeah. I, I mean, that is the, the girl that gives me the confidence to be who I am today. Yeah. And I, if there's one thing I wish I could take back was the amount of that version of myself I lost for so much time because I spent so much of my adolescent years paralyzed like by my own ability to make decisions and as soon as I got that back my life changed Mm -hmm. and I started making things that I really loved I started making things that people connected with that's like when I wrote the project Rebecca Black was here that came out in 2021 was in the pandemic, when I was alone, away from the people who had honestly convinced me that I was my own problem. Who and are these people? I want names. <laughs> they'll, they'll, you know, just they kidding. know who they are. I mean, um, they know. Yeah. They're watching this uh, right now, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> but as soon as I started getting away from those voices, I found my own. And that mm. then as soon as I found my own, I found people who also trusted me. And um mm. and and people who let me trust myself for the first time. So yeah, that's really good life mentioned. advice for other people too. It's like mm-hmm. to you know, it's tough because there's that whole concept of like main character syndrome where people are mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna do me. I'm just gonna be the main character. I'm just gonna be fabulous. Yeah. But it sounds to me like throughout, I can really relate. It's like you you listen to too many damn people. Mm-hmm. And so having the experience of, I mean, because sometimes my husband will be like, you know, there's such a thing as overcorrections. Definitely. Do you feel like, how did you not have an overcorrection and then become like a pompous, like arrogant, like artist? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the most like down to earth things. Like really, like I, I don't, I don't know why, but like when I've seen your, your videos, I was like, oh, she's gonna come in here like decked out. She's gonna look gorgeous. I have to like, I have to put my my cute little sassy blazer I mean, you look on. Iconic. Okay, I'll blazer. take it. But I was like a little nervous. I was like, I gotta look cute. Rebecca's coming. Um, but I just love that you're still the vet's daughter. Like <laughs> I like you a lot, yes. and um, that's so. I feel like that. How okay? So how are you making music mm-hmm. now? What is your mm-hmm. approach? Where are you getting your inspo from? Because it's very different, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am I am different. Mm. I also my music back in the day like was 0% my opinion to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um so this is what it looks like when I put me in it. Uh <laughs> and I mean, inspiration is always changing. I'm I, right after this I'm heading to like my first session of the year. And I I've taken kind of a break throughout the holidays to re just center because I'm in the middle of writing this next project and what I've found is like it's so I think I found this version of myself a couple years ago that um felt so unique and so me and then I finished a project and went straight into writing the debut album Letter Burn and that all feels like one version of myself and now as I go into the next thing it's less about finding things that I go, ooh, that type of sound is inspiring me. It's more how do I fine tune and make better um, so that I don't just create like another the same album (laughs) or another the same project. And um, yeah, I mean, the people that inspire me the most are like the Madonnas, the Gagas, 
the Gwen Stefani's, the Imogen Heaps, um, people who have, you know, really done them in a in a time where I think it wasn't controversial for being the, for the sake of being controversial. It was controversial because it was unique and and a new thread of opinion and a new way of finding beauty and art and pop. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, right now when I look around, there's so much I think controversialness for the sake of being controversial. Mm-hmm. Which it's also very is easy cool. to be controversial too. <laughs> it is. It is surprisingly easy. Um, and I, I think there's I think there's also like so much to learn and be enjoyed through that too. Like I don't I'm not knocking that at all. But I think that there's just like we're in a really beautiful moment in pop where things can be taken so much further, I think, than people really do take them. I think mm. I think a lot of labels get scared. And I that's the beauty of not having a label for me is like I get to if I'm not scared of it, it's going to happen, you know? So with this new project that you're about to start in 2024 here, mm-hmm. are you going to push the like the boundaries even more? Is that the goal? I will certainly attempt. Okay. Because <laughs> I could definitely hear all of your inspos, the Imogen Heap, with uh, the the 2023 album. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see, was there ever a song mm-hmm. that you have done recently? Mm-hmm. Like, the era- is it Erase Me? Erase you? Erase yeah. you. Erase you, destroy so me. I was listening to it. I was like <laughs> looking at the lyrics because I was like, is erase you a letter to your younger self in any way? Or was there mm, another? Probably. There, really? Probably. I mean, I think that that's, that always happens with a song is it's written in the moment about something in particular. And then the more that I hear it and the more that I like dissect it. Yeah, it's about something it's about a huge pattern in my life mostly <laughs> oh, that's interesting it's a pattern yeah yeah that in in you okay that yeah. makes sense yeah for sure um all right so i'm gonna do this thing now <laughs> which so i have not excited. done before where people are asking questions and i'm gonna shout them out because they're fans and they love you and Amazing. let's see uh brita amber says rebecca new music True. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I've been working on it for quite a while, but um, definitely something this year. This is a good one by Faith by Five. Rebecca, would you ever sign to a record label? Oh. Ah, I have so many conversations about this with my world. Um, It would have to be really right. Uh, I think it's become really important to me to have so much onus over my own decision making. And I've really learned that trusting myself is good. (laughs) And um, She gave us a thumbs up for those listening. (laughs) But uh, gosh, I mean, I guess it would really depend on, on where the label stands and how the label connects with me. I think that that part of the industry in general is in a pretty pivotal point mm-hmm. in in the industry. I think some of them are really missing the point of where music is at right now and mm-hmm. where um, music discovery is at. And some of them are not. And yeah, I, I guess I would just, it would be a huge change in the way that I, you know, possibly run my world. And mm-hmm. so I would, I would just want people who really are, are aligned, are, are, 
able to take my lead, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That 100% makes sense. Yeah. Your time is valuable. Yeah. And I I just see, I've, I've spoken to so many friends who are at different points in their world and um, different places in their careers and people who have and haven't worked with labels. And I think the biggest thing I've taken away from so many artists is that when you relinquish your trust to somebody like that, like they, your art is your name at the end of the day, your art is your project. But when you relinquish it to a label, it becomes so many other people's Mm. and essentially like a label buys your project in certain ways or buys your music. So whether it comes out is up to them, whether what songs they are is up to them. And, and you really, it's hard to, I think, find someone who understands your project as much as you do. Probably impossible. Impossible. So, yeah. Almost impossible. Yeah. It's I a know. scary thing. But at the same time, like labels do really run so many large parts of our industry. Like they run the, the radio, they run, they have first priority on so many pieces of what, like, I think the general public sees as success. But you know what you have is that people know who you are in a way in a way that is nostalgic, sure, but in a way that like they're intrigued with like what you have to say. And like what I really loved seeing is how great your music actually is. Thank you. So if you guys haven't listened to Rebecca, she's on Spotify. Where would you want people to like actually be engaging? Yeah, to follow you and to engage with your music. Wherever you want. I don't make any money from it anywhere. (laughs) No one pays. So pick a place. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I, yeah, it's all, it's all out there. Yeah. Great. And do you want to tour? Can you you please come to Austin? I would really love. I, we have been talking about doing an Austin show for years and that is like, I'll call people for this year. I will write a letter. Hopefully we'll be there this year. Okay, because there's Superstition. I love Superstition. Shout out to them. It's mm-hmm. like a really great venue. There's Emos. Um, Emos would be I've really heard, great. I've That's where Z Way and I did. Oh, amazing. Our I've little... heard great stuff about Emos. I randomly played a, pay, a, a place. I was opening for someone years ago called like the Mohawk or something like that. Okay. That okay. I feel like I've heard of that. Always. Ask Rebecca, did Friday affect her dating life? <laughs> yes. Well, I was 13. <laughs> so it took a while for that to kick in um <laughs> but yeah yeah i like in high school oh yeah i mean i was not dating <laughs> would you all. have anyway though you were a musical theater girl true <laughs> true we didn't true. really get we didn't really get invited it, no. to the parties no 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 we did not we actually did not no i yeah honestly like my queerness changed my dating life when did you most. come out i mean i i've been a practicing queer for uh, <laughs> ever since I was, I think, like 19 or 20. Okay. Um, I think I was 20 when I went to my first Pride. So it would have been then. But yeah, yeah. But I came I, out in 2020. It is actually really interesting, though, when you think about it, because it was like, do you think that that had any, um, like what happened in 2011 and how mm. much judgment and vitriol and yeah. like all that negative stuff do you think that might have impeded your your journey in understanding your sexuality? Oh, ooh, that's a really good question. Maybe. Take maybe. that VL files. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're getting good. No, um, he's really good. <laughs> no, I I don't I really don't know, honestly. I mean, I think that 
I I was never meant to date in high school. Like yeah. I was a late bloomer. Yeah. My parents taught me well about yeah. sex like animals, and all about not people. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah. God, no, they were just like I was literally too big of a nerd to yeah. ever do that. But, I'm really um, praying that happens to my kids. <laughs> I mean, no TikTok for you. I yeah, I loved I loved I loved so many other things and I was so petrified of dating and everything like that. But um, I feel like that was like the most that it impeded. And now, I mean, it's just, we've all got baggage. Yeah. And if like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was about to say, but like if that was on people's mind, like I just don't think we would cross paths. I don't think we would get to the point of being interested <laughs> in each other. You know? Exactly. Okay. So in 2024, will you be touring? Where, where can people see you? Um, I just wrapped up everything for the year. Okay. We're figuring out our plans for the year. Um, so it will be announced when it, whenever it is announced. So but, are you still active on YouTube too? Um, or is it mostly your music videos? And stuff? I really just use it as a place for music. I mean, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok. Love me a little TikTok. Yeah. It's all there. I love connecting with you. Thank you for coming. You. I know, you know, you came and took the time in your pre-session. I hope you Always. have an amazing session today. Thank you. What well, an honor to be here. Oh, wow. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Vulnerable Podcast. To check out clips from the pod, check out the Vulnerable Podcast Clips channel, and the YouTube link is in the description. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.